Thank you for joining me here at the Full Circle Mentality Podcast. Wherever you are at today, let's be grateful for where you're at. Uh, just to be alive, to have all of our uh, functions. I can see, I can taste, I have my lungs working, I'm smoking weed. Thank you for that. Thank you for allowing me just to be here to sit with a really good friend of mine. I've known this uh, man since, fuck, I was like six or seven. Uh, I'm sitting with Timothy Miranda. Tim Miranda, how you doing, my friend? What's up, man? Dude, I'm here. We're here. Yep. This has been a long time coming, I think, The this episode. <coughs> We've been talking about this episode for about two years, I think. Two two years off and on. Uh, probably more. I think I've talked to you about it since uh, I've been doing the average, like, Not Your Average Educators podcast when I first started that one. Yeah, trying to get you on here, but here we are. Yep. Thank, yep. thank you for joining me. Thank you, dude. No, it was uh it worked out. It just worked out. It on did. Your, on your way back home. Fucking yep. up to the naughty north. <laughs> uh yep. shoot. So man, everybody why why Tim Miranda? Why? Right? Well that's why we're sitting here to tell you why Tim Miranda. Tim might be like, Well, he don't even know why. I know why. Yeah. Um, to be completely honest, I've had the utmost respect for Tim, uh, growing up, uh, watching him kind of be fearless in all of his actions, whether it was fearless or craziness, I don't know. It's a borderline and that's what I love about him. You know what I mean? He does things full go. He definitely is a deep thinker, but you know, he's all about action. He's more about let's do it as opposed to talking about it. Growing up with him, you know, it's it was real on the fucking block. We went through this real shit. People died around the corner from us. We played football growing up with the fucking lights turning on. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so. Hicks Drive. That's where we, Hicks. yeah, Hicks Drive, Greenfield, California. Hicks Drive, dude, since we were, I was, I was even a little guy. I was born in King City. As soon as I left that hospital, it was, since I came out the womb, dude, it was Hicks Drive. And it was, it was you right there across the street, bro. It was a trip, man. It was a. Uh, it was a. Looking back on it now, like there's so many memories that I have, not full like detailed memories, but instances in life, <laughs> like, like that was a lesson in life. Like I learned some real shit growing up there. You know what I mean? It was a. Uh, it was a good time. How to fall on a skateboard, maybe a few times. Oh, I fucking. How to catch a football. How to catch a football. How to get hit. How to fight. How to get shit talked to. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, uh, being the youngest wasn't easy growing up with y'all. You know what I mean? I was the youngest, you know? Who got the ass, who was the ass in the jokes? Me or Adam? Little Julio. Yeah. Shout out Adam, wherever you're at, my friend. Yeah, shout out Tiger. Yeah, we were, I remember growing up with him, we'd always be button heads. You and Adam? Yeah. Go for it. No, one time we were, uh, we were in Braulio's driveway. And remember those orange wiffle ball bats? Oh, yeah. Like, I think it was you and Adam or, or Adam and Carlos, and they were just, like, fucking with us, like, you know. And I think I hit Adam with the bat, that wiffle ball bat. And I think I hit him pretty fucking hard on accident. <laughs> it was on accident, though. But I was just like, you know, get out of here. And I hit him. And then later that night, his mom comes to my house, and I'm just like a punk. I'm like, well, he fucking, <laughs> he said it yeah. first. You know, like, fucking trying to blame it on Adam. But I think I just whacked the shit out of him. 
Adam, he had like defensive end type speed. Did he really? And you were like, you know, you got that linebacker speed. So, yeah, he, we were he wouldn't matchup. have been able to catch you. We were a good little matchup, though. He had yeah. like this awkward length. Uh-huh. Right? Like he had Super. these long ass arms, like out of nowhere, too. Unorthodox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a trip. Um, yeah, playing football. Right. What about those memories? That's all I can think of right now, dude, is football. What Greenfield did to us as far as that sport went, man. Growing up on the block and throwing that football up and down the street, man. And yeah, like that was such a foundation for us as kids, man. Like, and then especially growing up in that little town, it was either you're a Raider or a Niner fan. Then, you know, we went up to high school and, you know, I, I had my little shine for a little bit, but when it came to you playing linebacker, dude, I'm going to throw it out there. You were, you were a fucking badass, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. I don't know yeah, how to take dude. compliments, so I'm going to look yeah. away. <laughs> no, man, I gotta, I gotta talk you up a little bit, man. You got me here on this podcast, dude. And, Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, well, I can attribute that to fucking playing football with y'all. You yeah. know, being you have to show up. Like it's weird the way my mind works as a kid. Like seeing everybody do good, seeing you know Sergio, Carlos, you, Moses, everybody. I can rattle all these names off, yep. and everybody had this athletic ability. That's what was interesting to see. Like all everybody who grew, was at that park, like could play sports, any sport. Throw them in a sport. They might not be the best, but they can, Yeah. you know, fucking just. It was cool, man. They set standards and mm-hmm. it was to see standard. Like it was, it was really cool to see people running over people that you can, you could like the parallels or TV, what you're wanting to watch on NFL. to what you're doing outside. So we tried to mirror that and we did it the best we could. And sometimes we like, had great players. Sergio Tamayo rushed for like right. over a thousand yard seasons, like two, I believe, right? Like big four six, man. Fucking huge yeah. little fucking fire. What a fire mm-hmm. hydrant they called them. I remember Gonzalez paper writing yeah. something like that. Dude, Friday nights after high school, he wasn't even on the news for the highlights. Sergio. That what he wasn't? He was. Oh for, yeah. For those highlights. Greenfield was on the map from Dude. like two thousand eight to Yeah. Two two thousand seven to about two thousand eleven when I graduated. I would say we uh, we did some things. Dude, you remember, I don't know if you remember, but when we'd go watch the games as kids, before the Bro Brothers, the guy who really did it was Fashawn Claire. Oh, okay. You remember Fashawn Claire? I do not. Number uh-huh. four, dude. That dude had some wheels on him. But after Fashawn Claire, of course, was the, the Bro Brothers. Yeah, like the trio, mm-hmm. right? I think it was uh, Andrew, Chris, and then Daniel. I got to play with Daniel. That was cool. He was fucking just a rock solid human. Yeah. Nothing but muscle, defensive end, running back, linebacker. You could put him wherever the fuck you wanted, honestly. Right. Just people would just try to tackle him and they just run into his thighs, his massive yeah. thighs. It was ridiculous. I felt bad for folks. Yeah, man. He was like a had like the build of Lawrence Taylor in high school and was a running back. Yeah, he wasn't as thick, but <coughs> definitely that same build, that straight tall build, shoulders yeah. shrugged up high, long arms. Right. Very agile, very stiff, but able to, you know, just bull rush people, honestly, throw people off him. He was that one kid who was like, 
had the 30 year old man strength already right man yeah it was a trip he he would never really fuck with us but whenever he you know like you'd have to you know go live and he would go live he'd let you you'd feel the grunt of it yeah. and like fuck <laughs> you know like damn thank you for not doing this all the time because i remember when i practiced with the uh, varsity they'd be letting me have it sergio uh chris bro aaron like all the linemen yep. the people would like lay wood they weren't fucking around they were playing for keeps yeah dude i remember when i was playing football in high school football i like i struggled so much in high school like jv was my highlight year like i was in 10th grade man i was a sophomore and i was a flyback and i scored two touchdowns that year in pg and uh that was great but then when i left high school going on to you know adulthood well not really adulthood but going into your 20s young manhood young manhood i reflect back on it hindsight and julio para the the little guy that the little grunt on the block that you know that always uh had to prove himself especially when we you know played football and we're hanging around with the big kids and trying to be cool or whatever you want to call it was like you're a Mike back you're a middle linebacker right you had big Patrick Willis number I know you're a Raider fan but number 52 then I then he, then all of a sudden little Julio's going to Hartnell College he's got a he's got an edgy side to him he's he's got a thick skull <laughs> he i Julio likes to pop some people. Yeah, no, it was fun, bro. <laughs> like to, I I felt like that whole time in my life prior, you know, up to JC and you know I I stopped playing because of injuries, but after I started experimenting with like psychedelics, <laughs> yes, it uh it calmed that side down of me. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still there, and people within my household know that for a fact. Like, I'm still, I still have an attitude. I'm still not the easiest to get along with, but. I used to be that person, like, fucking 80% of the time. Like, <laughs> you know, like. Honory. <laughs> yeah, just kind of. What is that? What do you mean? Like, like honory, just like, leave me alone, kind of. Yeah, like, leave like, me alone, but let's yeah. fucking hang out. Yeah. You know, but just leave me alone. You know, it's just a chip on my shoulder, and it wasn't cool, but <laughs> I wore it as a badge, and I wore it in football, and that's where you could wear it. Right. You know, I was too pussy <laughs> to wrestle. I was way too much of a punk to wrestle. I wish I would have, though. Those are some fucking. Yeah. You ever wrestle? You ever no. work out with the wrestlers? No, dude. No. I worked out with them twice. I wanted to cry both times. I bet. I was down to my fucking like uh, spandex one workout because I was just sweating. Like it was just sopping. Uh. Why is this even on me? You know. <clears throat> and then you're just flopping around in your spandex like a fucking yeah. weird, like just a weird little thing going on yep. with all these guys. It's all good though. It's all good. Pushing yourself, breakthroughs. It's not gay. Yeah, I honestly was scared was to wear the tights, so I give whoever you know. Yeah, those kids no, I was like, damn, my ball bag, my dingle's gonna yeah. be out. Like, I'm not cool with that. Nope. That's nope. my honestly. That was probably one of the big reasons. Nope. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that, but I wish I woulda, cause now, like, yeah. I'm just looking at all these UFC fighters. I'm right. like, you know, just times are getting tricky out here. I wish I would have learned some wrestling. I know. Hindsight, it's like. You can't go back to a semi-pro football team. It's going to take a little bit more work. But if you wanted to get into amateur MMA and fight at a casino, eh, maybe you can go do that. Yeah. Uh, and nah. if you learn good. Yeah. You? It's, I, 
Maybe? I kind of want to do that. Yeah? Dude. Yeah. I can see I that. I would like to go get punched in the face, go punch some dude in the face at a casino while a bunch of drunk people are watching. Just for the fucking thrill? Just for the thrill and just to be proud of myself. See what you can do, just what you're capable see. of. Yeah, man, mano y mano. Yeah, man. That's how it was, Show man. The green growing up, in you. yeah, no, for real. Growing up, it was, it was a lot like you said. I didn't think of it like that, but yeah, it's yeah. a lot of proving yourself, right? As you're a kid, like, because if you can't do it in front of these kids, or you can't fucking in front of your homies, you know what I mean? You can't catch right. the ball, you can't whatever the fuck it may be. You know, it's like a proving ground. And I, spider thought, right? Spider web thought. <laughs> kids now that are like dealing with this whole COVID for like two years, right? Or this, this year, right. you know, and that people are trying to like keep everybody inside forever. You know, people don't, kids growing up don't get to learn what they're good at or rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. They don't learn those lessons when they're supposed to. I feel like some kids had, you know, they had a really a disservice, you know, me and you have good and bad stories growing up, right? Right. But they fucking shaped us into who we are. You know, and it's just interesting to think about. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, I had my daughter this winter after I got laid off from work. And uh, everything's online with her teacher and everything. And it's cool. But, like, when a kid wants to sleep in and, like, not wake up and do class at 9 o'clock and engage with the students and her teacher, it's kind of getting to a problem. They've got to engage and it being on the internet is kind of it's, it's different because you it's, it's I don't know dude engaging with your class over the internet compared to being in class in real life and I don't know maybe one of the guys you had on here Ruben yeah he'd probably have some really good intel on yeah right from perspective being on it being an actual teacher and yeah. going through yeah props to that dude yeah, right? Yeah. Did you uh, know him? I remember, dude, growing up in Greenfield, I remember Ruben yeah. big time and his brother. And when he, when he was like, when he was wild, I remember him. He would walk down the streets and was like, what's up? What's yeah. up, man? <laughs> like, what's the deal? What's happening? Yeah. And yeah. To hear his story, that was cool. Yeah. I'm glad he was on here, man. I, I got to touch base with him again. I know he's a busy man and right. uh, working towards his master's, I believe, or doctorate. I forget. At Stanford. Shout out to Ruben doing your thing, yeah, my man. friend, holding it down for the town. You know, I listen to this. <coughs> I, li- I, have, I don't know where I heard it, but it's like people are ready to die for their towns, like where I'm from. You know what I mean? It's like you don't even know where the fuck you're from. You're not <laughs> from this fucking town, you know, but yeah. I'm fucking proud as fuck from Greenfield. Right. You know, I got my fucking beanie on, you know, and like I'm very proud to be from there because this the, the chips are stacked against us. They really are. Right. They really are. If you've got, if you, and I'm not saying everybody, because I know people who are making their way just fine in Greenfield and they have their, they have a wonderful career. They have a beautiful family, but there's people like me, myself, I can say for a fact who, who are restless, you know, who want more. And, you know, it's sometimes it's a slippery slope when you're fucking, all you have to, all you're doing is like working and then what are you doing on the weekends with your, with your home? You're drinking, you're turning right. up, you're having a good time, you're chilling, you're barbecuing. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, you know, fucking too much, you know, shit. You gotta, I had to get out. You got to get out, dude. You got to move if you want to grow. You have to. You have to, you have to fly, butterfly. You could, 
you could take the you could take the kid out of Greenfield, but you can't take the Greenfield out of the kid, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. still the same person. Yeah. Still the same. Definitely learning different shit though. Right. You know, definitely modifying the way I think because it's not so uh, bubbled. You know, I have a I have a slew of experiences to pick from in Sacramento from the people that I've met that could just influence the way I think. You know, in a different way, and that's yeah. that's it's 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 beautiful. I got to work with walks of life that I'd never to think of to never. I would never think of working with them. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so it's cool. It's just giving me experience in my life. That's all. Right. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a perspective, bro. That's it. And people that don't tell their story or, you know, throw their perspective out there, you're cheating yourself out of telling people your story. And I know it's hard to, for some people to express themselves, but I even have that problem. But, Dude, you're right, man. Hearing other people's stories and putting your story out. That's how you make it through hard times in life, dude. You relate. Yeah. You relate to other humans. I was telling you, I was listening to Joey Diaz. Right. And uh, he was saying shit that I can relate to, but he was saying stuff off the fucking, off, off the wall, you know? <laughs> stuff that only people in that mind state could understand. And when you're able to relate with somebody like that on the lowest level of a frequency, like that's a low level. You know what I mean? It's it's far from who you truly are. It's <laughs> you know, I'm talking about drugs, all right? I'm talking about the fucking he was talking about fucking cocaine and the feelings you get and that same mood and like place yeah. he was at, I was there, you know, and it's like I don't even know how I got there. Gator tails, baby. <laughs> right? Rack 'em. No, fuck, it's uh that your nickname? Gator is one of my nicknames. Is dude. it really? It I've got that nickname in Humboldt when I moved to Humboldt County. Okay, Gator. Yeah, That's yeah. a gangster ass nickname. Something behind it, but yeah. 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 It's a pretty dope nickname. Gator don't play no yeah. shit. <laughs> Will Will Farrell. Yeah, yeah. That w- that's a that's the guy. He's right. hilarious. Right. No, but yeah. just getting back to experience. That's why I was relating that that, you know, you uh you can just relate and you can empathize with people. And to see him come out on top as a comedian and to do his thing with his podcast and, you know, you guys might not know about him, but I do and other people do. And I, I find his victory in life um, encouraging and inspiring, you know, to be from the fucking depths of the sea to be able to maneuver your family wherever you want, you know. Amen. But. Man, Tim, tell me about fucking how you what happened after after Greenfield, man. You're up in you're up up north. Yep. Up in Reading doing your doing your doing work. Right? Yep. Yeah. Man. And I'm gonna wildlife yeah. firefighter, my friend. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I've got eight years in in the wildland fire game, bro. And when you first told me about this, I thought that was so wild. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like, you were putting out fires, and I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I travel to places where fires are at, and I go put them out, pretty much. Yeah, dude. It's, 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 it is wild, but you could do it, man. You how, were, you were a linebacker in high school. You could, you could, yeah, you could do it. How, what, uh, why did you even, what brought you to that, that starting point to go fight fires? Dude, all draws back to growing back, growing up in Greenfield, man. 
you know, dealing with the challenges and wanting to level up and just growing up in that little town and playing football. And, dude, like, I, so, Visa Verde was hard. I had a hard time fitting in. I didn't like school. I wanted to be homeschooled. Greenfield High School was hard. I had a hard time fitting in. At least in my head, I thought I did. A lot of people loved me. Yeah, no, you're yeah. a very lovable guy. You were very yeah. loved. Right. And, but I did end up going in and out of homeschooling, going back to high school, and just kind of like tinkering everywhere as far as education went. And growing up as a kid, um, you know, my grandpa, he owned, he owned a lot of the land on Cypress Avenue right there off of Cypress and El Camino um, on the corner. That was, you know, our family's house and right there. And uh, I grew up, you know, working when my parents divorced. I ended up working, helping my grandpa work in the fields and doing outside stuff and and just being outside and, you know, riding dirt bikes and my grandpa cutting trees and me having to throw brush in the back of the pickup truck and when I was a kid, dude, I decided that I wasn't going to be good at college, man. I was like, I'm going to do something more physical. With your with hands. my hand. Exactly, yeah. dude. Exactly. Yeah, I, That was it. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I think me and you, I'm a physical person. I'm a hands-on person. I need to see something, how it's done, and then I can be able to do it. Right. You know, that's a... Damn, I yeah. didn't know that, man. I didn't know you'd go out there and work. I mean, I know you Dead would, on. but now when you say it like this, it puts everything in perspective. You know, <laughs> as a kid, you're just like, oh, fucking Tim's gone. I can't fucking hang out, whatever, you know? Right, yeah. You know, little did I know you're out there fucking working like a man, you yeah. know? Dude, th- I'm telling you, man, right there when you're coming into town, there's that Shell gas station to your right. You keep going. There's Cypress. After, there's Thorn Road by the Shell. Then you get up to Cypress. To your right. Yep, right across the street from the little mechanic shop by the 101. And you take a right, and that first house that was there to your left, that was my uncle's house. And then you keep driving in that second house. That was my, my Papa Henry's house. And we owned like five acres out there leasing it as fields. And we'd go around and clean gutters out and move trucks. And that set me up for being getting into wildland fire, just mentally of wanting to be a wanted to work with my hands as a as an adult and not I wasn't that was my weakness was you know a book and school and teachers and a class you know I want to fucking drink beer smoke weed and go out and do shit (laughs) live life yeah yeah what do you um do you think you can attribute that to anything like you're not really wanting to read or wanting to be in the classroom you know what I mean because you're not alone in that testament Right. What do you think it was for you? Just the way you're hotwired or? Oh, man, dude. Uh, d- uh, I just think it was the way I I was brought up, man. Just, you know, growing up in a little, a, a little cool little sanctuary town like Greenfield. I was like, let's be, keep it real. I was like one of the only white boys. Yeah. You know, um, I had my way of wanting to fit in. My parents... They divorced when I was eight years old, so we were somewhat of dealing with like a broken home, or and uh, like school wasn't my thing, man. It was like music. It was it was it was music, Bay Area hip hop, Bay Area rap. Um, it was football, you know, Forty ers and hanging out, and that was my that was my uh, my outlet. That was my channel. That was. That was 
what made me feel comfortable. That's how I fit in. That was my escapism was just um, the cool stuff, man. Skateboarding, football, you know, listening to this Bay Area music, wanting to try weed, wanting to drink a 40, my first 40, you know. That was just the route. I wanted, and I was trying to fit in, honestly. Yeah, that's the truth, man. I was trying to fit in. Everybody else was doing it. I told you the story about uh, me and my friend. He would keep uh, uh, a little ice chest, a little pot for for beans. You put ice in there, and he put his forties in there, and we'd drink those. And that was like in middle school. Cheers, dude. You know those were those were fucking ice cold beers. Fucking had me on Queer Street. What kind of beers were they? King Cobras, bro. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. I could use a cold one of those right now. I haven't had a King Cobra in, in fucking years, honestly. It's been it's been quite a while. I used to, you know what I've drank though, like within the last year, I would say Mickey's. God bless that drink. Yeah, Mickey's was Mickey's was my go-to. Like especially like I'd go to a, I'd go gamble at the casino when I was working <laughs> at the restaurant, and I'd chug like a tall boy at Mickey's before I'd go in. I just feel good, get a, you know, ready to fuck, kind of ease the mind. Yeah, you know, get ready to fucking win some money. Hell yeah, shit, I'm a boy sell. Put me on to that game, Baccarat. Baccarat. Fucking nice. Game's like eight or nine, blue, red. It's fucking dope. I won like 650 one night. Wow. Yeah. I lost my ass a couple other times, though. I'm up, though. I'm up. I'm up. Got to hit it up one of these days, man. No, yeah. I got to. I got to. Um, I should probably hit up my boy and be like, man, what's up? Let's go make some money. He's probably make. He's probably there. Fucking quarantine didn't stop him. Right? Yeah. He's a true money maker. Yeah, you're on a different path right now, though, man. Yeah, I'm uh, chugging no chugging cervezas, no more cervezas, homes. Yeah. No, I haven't had a beer since November 14th, man, or alcohol drink. I had a sip What's of up? wine. I'm not gonna lie, like, t- oh, taste this, but that's not really. I don't. No, I'm California sober, as you'd call it. Right, California. My brother told me that term the other day. California sober, smoking weed <laughs> off everything else. <laughs> Makes so much sense, though, man. California sober. Right? Go with it. Yeah. It's uh, mm. I'm not I'm not demonizing it, you know. What it to each your own, or I don't know, to each your own, however, however the fuck you say that phrase. Right. Whatever you want to do in your life, do your thing. I just needed to take a break, yep. needed to clear my head. That's all. You know, started eating more. Now I gotta lose weight. God damn it! That's the I way it works. You find a vice in something else. You know, stress. I get for me, it's yeah. stress. I stress eat. So if I'm yeah. stressed, I'll eat at night. <laughs> eat like a boy, like eat like cereal and shit. Yeah, bro. I'm especially stoned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but now it's uh smoothies. I had a smoothie last night for the craving. I was like, and I suddenly had like a certain amount, like a so like counting your macros, it allows it tells you exactly what your body your like numbers for your body to intake to hit that certain weight within that certain amount of time. So um your proteins, your fats, your carbs, and then your calories. I was still within reason to to drink this smoothie, and it was it, it was too much, honestly. Yeah. Fuck counting macros. I don't like it. I like it, but it I don't yeah. necessarily love it. But it gets you results. Right. And if you're eating the right things, it's, you know, it could definitely help. So I just needed to re- reset that too. I feel like I'm slowly starting to get back to where I was at. Right. You know what I mean? Like health, uh, health wise, health wise, just um, <coughs> mentally. I'm being. I'm a lot happier. Right. Uh, I'm very happy we're here today recording. I'm, like I said, I've been trying to reach out to f- not just maybe not that I've been trying to reach out. I think I've been kind of putting a block on my creativity side and not reaching out and not 
extending the invitations as much as I should to people, you know, and it's kind of like a, it's that, that mental block. It's the resistance I talk about in other podcasts. Uh, it's just keeping me from doing what I want to do, you know, just fucking do it. So right. I'm getting in the right me- mental state and that's the most important thing. I never realized how, how important your mental health is until as I'm getting older and you're I'm fighting it constantly, you're fighting, you know, you're, for me, I'm working in a facility where there's no windows. I'm dealing with people for eight hours. You know what I mean? Five right. days a week. Yeah. And it's like draining. So you come home, you know, your girlfriend wants to tell you something. Your brother wants to tell you something. You don't want to fucking hear it. Like, it right. does, sounds fucked up, but I'm like, damn, I want to turn my brain off. I'm trying to just smoke and <laughs> fucking play, kill these fools on Apex. Yep. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? But, uh. I'm in a better place. I'm dealing with it better. I think a lot of it has to do with getting out, staying active, getting sun, right. reading books. That's for me. Right. And everybody has their own remedy. Idled mind is a troubled mind, bro. Idle mind is idle Fuck time me. is dangerous. Is the devil's time? Fuck yeah. Is that what they say? Idle time the, is the devil's time? Bro, I don't know. That that just falls into place with what I was just gonna say. Once your mind is idle, your brain can become the devil's playground, dude. Yeah. I believe it. So I believe Jordan Peterson said it. You create heaven and hell in your mind. And sometimes, you know, I've been in the cycles where hell has been years, yeah. you know, months, you know, and shit. Preach, it's, dude. Thank you here for gathering around. <laughs> TD Jake's here. T.D. Jakes? T.D. Jakes. He's a badass preacher. Is he really? He's, look up his videos on YouTube one of these days. Yeah, T.D. Jakes. He's one of them intense, like... Actually, you know, it's funny. T. Nutty, you know T. Nutty? Mm-mm. The MC from... He's from Sacramento. He's, like, friends with Brother Lynch and or does songs with him and Sebo. And, um, he has a sample on this song called Mind Control with T.D. Jakes. And T.D. Jakes, Jakes has this uh, sermon where he talks about mind control and getting your, when you get, w- pretty much it is, if you get your mind out of trouble, you, everything else will get out of trouble. Your finances, your relationships, everything else in your life will fall into place. If you can get your mind out of trouble, mm-hmm. everything else will get out of trouble. Your mind is a strong yeah. thing. It's the strongest, it's yeah. the will of the human mind. It's yeah. it's crazy. It'll it'll keep people. I'm reading a I'm reading a book. I'm reading a book. Books are good. Books are good for the brain. Um, it's uh the Alchemist. I'm reading. I've talked about it on the podcast already. Um, but fuck, it's pretty much getting to that same exact point. What was your point? Just, dude, we're just talking about how complex our domes are yeah, yeah. as human beings. And I. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, you gotta, you gotta read that book. I, I read a book and I fucking fall in love with it. It's, um, the alchemist by Paulo Kahlo. It's, uh, it's a, it's an amazing, it's amazing story. Like he's telling you a story about this young man and his life's journey. And it's exact, you can relate it t- to your life. And it's, I think it's great to read or see something or see someone play out what you want to kind of give you some comfort or to see that it's <laughs> there. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the reasons why we don't do things as humans is the fear, you know? So right. to be able to read this book, I, I stopped reading it because in fear of what was I was going to read. Because I was like, it's getting too close to my life. Let me mm-hmm. push this away. It's Crazy. relating too much to me. Let me push this away. And then I was pushing it away because I didn't want to look at the the shit in my life, mm-hmm. you know, because that's exactly what was going on in the book. But I kept reading and it made me laugh and it made me smile. I was like, huh, 
just keep it's life simple man life simple just follow your path like you say like Amen. in your mind right so if you're staying on your path and your personal legend as they call it you know there's no shaking that there's no you're not allowing anything to shake you off that path and when you have a mind like that it's easy to say no to uh you want to go have a beer no nah, i'm cool man i'm i gotta do this you know right. it's easier to stay on that path it's easier to relate see how i'm re- you know huh yeah man a little bit of discipline i guess <laughs> it's a scary word discipline it's because it, it's people think of like being hit right. being scolded yeah yeah bro like it's funny how we get into these deep conversations about our mentals humans are just so complex dude we're all just these crazy weird creatures trying to be happy yeah that's it that's it chasing a happiness yep and we also you know i think you're a huge fan of joe rogan and joey diaz and i think a part of your podcast here and your your uh ones prior to this one I think you're more of like embracing the suck of life too, dude. You're like you're not just it's not just all about happiness cuz you know there's a we need that that shittiness too in order to enjoy that happiness, right? Yeah, and you have to be able to wade through that shittiness cuz it's going to come up again and again in different forms, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's life peaks and valleys and that's what I've learned is that shittiness will come up regardless <laughs> of the situation, regardless of if you're living in Greenfield or Sacramento, regardless if you're hanging out with that bad influence, yeah. you know, you still can't escape who you are. I was watching The Wire earlier, um, and it was talking it was talking about exactly that. You it was talking about the great Gatsby. Talking about you can have this wild lifestyle, but it all it, it you know, in the end it'll all catch up if you're not facing what's real. Right. Yeah. I don't. God darn it. Right. Spiderweb thoughts. Getting serious now. (laughs) Fucking. Let's throw in some humor. Right. It's uh, you know, you're the fucking first like white Mexican I know. Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) Orale. People be like, what? What does he mean by that? Is he being racist against white folks? (sighs) If you fucking knew me. If you fucking, <laughs> I swear to God, people, you know, I love, you know what I love about people's reactions to very offensive comedy. I love the fact that they think they're serious, you know, like half the time, like they're uh, comedians lie half the fucking time. Right. I believe it. You know, they push you, they push your buttons, but you can't handle the truth. He can't handle the truth. Just like that book, dude, The Alchemist. Yeah. You can't handle it. You know, it, it challenges your thoughts and makes you have to digest it and. You know exactly, and you don't want to. Sometimes, sometimes you don't want to hear the advice. You know, fuck off. Comedians are the same fucking way. They just have the balls to get up on stage and say it. One day, I gotta, I gotta stand up. I gotta go to Austin, Texas. That's the new hub. Joe Rogan's really? moved out there. He's opening up a club. He said, "This is what he said on a podcast." He said, "I'm fucking all over him, his dick." All right, so yeah, all right. I've been fucking with him since 2012. Whatever. Get off my back. Um. He said in the podcast, I reference him a lot. Uh, he moved out there to Austin and is going to start opening clubs to the, for the simple fact, well, not only what what's going on, but to take away like the Hollywood aspect of it all. Hell yeah! To make it comedy again and to start a hub. 
So, hub. Let's, hub, move, hub. let's move out to Austin, <laughs> man. Shit. Bro, Hollywood is so masked, full of bullshit anyways, dude. So fuck it. Let's go to fucking, let's go to Austin. That's one thing I learned growing up with you guys, listening to the music we listened to and just like. Yeah. Like we knew, we saw through bullshit, I thought, I think. Think so? I think so. The Chronic 2001 was a good. I remember your dad broke a 50 Cent CD or an Eminem CD. Nah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It's all good. That was my brother's CD. Yeah. If it was an Andre Nicotina CD, I would have been fucking livid. I would have been in Street Beats in Salinas and copping another one yeah. ASAP. <laughs> it was <laughs> funny. Yeah, I, I remember your dad didn't really... F- I don't know. It was interesting. Your dad didn't fucking... That shit didn't fly. No. Like the cuss words in the music? No, dude. No, man. We went to... We used to, we were, grew up going to the church and stuff, man. And he, you know, he, he brought, he let us listen to like Christian rap and Christian music for a, a certain point. And then once, you know, we, we actually went to the uh, Family Christian Center, the private school. I went there till like fifth grade. And then that's when I started going to Greenfield Elementary and Vista Verde. And like, once I got into public school, I was introduced to that that music, that real, real music, bro. Oh, yeah. So I remember, like, fifth grade and sixth grade, I'd be yeah. the way some cashiers get their cash. Fuck around, have a gun in your face. face. Tied up in there, whooping your ass. Man, most. You know what I mean? Like, they don't play. Because they moms get high. And it's it's just, bro. I remember walking across elementary, this campus, elementary, like the elementary school campus. And listening to that in my Walkman, Richie was like, oh, listen to this. Or somebody said, listen to this CD. And you put it on and you're just fucking shook. You're Man. like, oh, my God, this is the best. Bro. And don't Bro. let uh, Tim rattled off some uh, just Sacramento Bay Area rappers. I mean, well, yeah. like I don't even know if there's a Bay, but up north, you know what I mean? You got to, his knowledge on hip hop is extensive. And Bro. he should probably start his own podcast just talking about <laughs> that, to be completely honest. Right. Your fucking your your knowledge of rap and this like the whole skill in itself is fucking it's crazy, bro. I appreciate that, dude. I really do. You're man. a hardcore fan. People, yeah, you know, people talk about music, but I'm like, damn, this guy's in it. And that draws back to Greenfield, man. Something special about that little town. We keep we always end up drawing back to talking about what that little town did for us, dude. Yeah. No, it's um, and it's still doing great things. I want to be able yeah. to give back as much as I can when I have the opportunity to. I got to get right first, though. You know, you gotta get it right, man. I gotta fucking, you know, I gotta be able to be able to stand on my own two feet and take care of what I need to take care of before I start helping everybody else. You know, Fuck yeah. in, in 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 honesty, because well, not that I'm saying, oh, I need to help everybody else, but no, there's plans that I want to be able to complete because that's just my plans for, you know, how. I want to give back to the town that raised us, you know? Shit, I want to be able... Peop- There's so many people there, man, that are hidden gems. Rappers, skaters, football players, teachers, um, right. boxers, coaches, people who will impact can impact the world right? You know, on a, on a grander scale. And it's just about having everybody be able to see and believe that there is opportunities like that for themselves. Because we didn't see it. Right, we were hiding forties under the bed. We were, bro. <laughs> we were, yeah, dude. I second everything you said, man. Here, here. Mm-hmm. So, getting back to, um, you know, 
you working in the wildland fire service? Forest service. Forest service. Yeah. Well, I mean, what even allows you to to go back every year? You said it's eight years, and you said I can do it, but no, I you know I can't. Mm. I could if I wanted to, I guess maybe, but that's not something I want to partake in. You know why is it? What allows you to keep going back? It's a scary job. It's not the easiest thing to do in the world to be able to go put out fires and face right. face death. You know to go help people. Right. You know, but what is it, man? So are you talking just like the, the my personal story? Or are you talking like the from the agency's standpoint of I'm talking like about how you. They work you like oh, how okay. did you how what 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 allows you to come back? What allows me to come back personally? Because like, it's hard. It's not an right. easy job. You tell me the. Right. I mean, I've seen the scar. I see the scars, the battles. You know what I mean that you've d- dealt with in your life, and I think a lot of it has to do with the job too, and how extreme it is. Right. So what? But but you still have the. I feel like you still have the mental fortitude. You know, mm-hmm. you're obviously still standing here today. You know, by the grace of, the, you know, the greater greater power, I would say. Why? Why do you keep going back? That's 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 the million dollar question, dude. It sounds corny to say that, but I mean, dude, honestly, I could get all heart filled about it and say all the, this cool, glorious stuff. But right now, just turning 30 last July, uh, I have to stick to it. I have a little eight year old girl. I have money to make. I still have a vision of wanting to get a home and and move and level up in in the in that line of work and uh what allows me to go back is just the work the work side of it it's just super liberating man like you almost feel like a rock star roadie out there on those fires dude and last year i went to idaho for my first fire season and uh everything was popping off back here out in california and I w- couldn't stop thinking about all my people back here, like everybody from in everybody in Cali, man. Every that that it's home, and that right there can probably be a partial part of the answer. And with why I go back is just I like this old pilot I worked with back in eighteen. He was a helicopter pilot, pilot, and every time we would go. IA fires, which means uh, IA means initial attack. He would say, "Saving, uh, saving, saving babies and puppy farms," you know. And it's just that man, like the Thomas fire over in uh, Santa 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 Rosa, seeing people at the intersection in the morning after we leave fire camp to go run chainsaws and cut line and do whatever we're gonna do. Just people on every corner with signs, like "We love you, firefighters." Stuff like that, and the money, and the money, yeah, and the torture, <laughs> everything that comes with it. It's like you say, peaks and valleys, bro. That's a beautiful thing, man. That's yeah. uh, you. I, I, this energy drink is fucking kicking in, dude. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> that about that. Uh, yeah, I'm going. No, it's all good. It's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing, man. Damn, you, you like what you. I don't know if you love what you do, but you definitely like what you do. You definitely talk with passion when you talk about it, and. uh it's not an easy job, so I, I thank you, man. You're oh, keeping, yeah, keeping California safe. Bro, I love and hate it, dude. I love and fucking hate it. And, yeah, bro, uh, I appreciate the props, bro, dude. Yeah, I do. Thank you.
you. Yeah, no, it's a you do a selfless job, a thankless job. But like even with the signs and the love from the people, it's still you know you don't I don't like to measure shit, but you know it's it's still your life. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's a uh, it's it's a uh, it's heavy, but I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to keep it light. The uh, the other day, David Goggins had a he. What, what was it called? It was the he had a challenge. Right, four four forty eight. Four four forty eight. Those numbers sound intense. Right. Uh, I know you participated in this. I know my good friend Angel participated in this. I have a friend Abraham from Greenfield who participated in this. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I, I think he was uh, with in peace camp. Like uh, they were over there, and. How was that experience for you, man? I know you did that solo, right? By yourself? Right, yeah. Yeah, I was in I was in Shasta Lake up north and I'm a huge fan of Goggins. You know, just like David Goggins, just for people who don't know who he is, just Google him and read his book. But pretty much how you love Joe Rogan, I pretty much love Goggins and just super inspirational people and the Four four forty eight means you run for four hours, four four miles every four hours for forty eight hours straight. So you pretty much the first run was at eight p.m. The run after that uh, was at twelve a.m. and then four a.m. and then eight a.m. Uh, I think eight nine ten eleven eleven twelve and so on for forty eight hours and it was just uh, it was a total mental, physical, emotional test for your <coughs> for your for your mind for the for the good old noggin you know did your uh, did your body give out at any at any point no dude my legs i had a lot of lactic acid built up in my legs can you describe that feeling yeah dude like last the lactic acid is i don't know the whole science of it i'm sure p or you uh can explain it but it's just like uh, i think my it what, was, how did how did it feel Pretty much felt like when when I, after, I don't know how many runs it was altogether, I already forgot, but when I walked outside to go for, like, my last few couple runs, you just feel like your, your all of your thighs are just, every single step you take, you start, you kind of take grandpa steps to get warmed up. Yeah. You, you feel like your muscles, you can just feel them, like bouncing up and down and it just they're so like inflamed inflamed yeah. with yeah exactly dude yeah that's wild and then uh so four 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 so four hour breaks did you have any sleep i pretty much because yeah it's every four hours so once you wake up and you go do your run it's four miles which usually comes out to like 45 minutes so you usually get like three hours of sleep if you can go to sleep nice so yeah I, there's a few times i just just KO'd and woke up and hit it again. Hit it again. Yeah. Was there any point where you were like, fuck, I can't do or like was there a mental point where you you had to push through? You know what I mean? Like was there a was it the first day? Was it the start of the second day where you're like, fuck, I gotta really nut right. up. Dude, honestly, not really, man. I've been ever since I've been running for so dang long, I did it more just to be a part of it the whole movement the whole movement yeah yeah so it hurt but it was a good hurt 
you know. It wasn't, wasn't a bad hurt. No. It wasn't something your body couldn't handle. Right, yeah. It wasn't a total shock, like. No, no, not like some people. Because you ran, you run when I see you post your runs. Uh, right. You run for like 10 plus miles sometimes. Right, yeah, that's like turned into like just my base minimum. 10 miles? Yeah. And that's you running com- 10 miles, like. No stopping. Jeez. Yeah. No water usually either. Just 10 miles, get it done. Where did it, did it start at? two miles five miles or was it just like oh shit at five miles and then it's like 10 or did it, it gradually build just like any normal human being man it's probably started like just like you said like that's usually where it starts bro you you just you see that once you get to like that five mile mark you're like oh i could do two more and you just taper on up bro i hear you yeah. i always tell myself one more whatever right. i have even but for me it's five miles right now that's my like mark when i'm pushing so, myself right and it's like, all right, one more, one more. To this morning, I only <laughs> ran three. Yeah, it was fucking cold, and my fucking lungs felt like they were gonna pop. But I'm glad I got through it. That was a nice little challenge this morning. It's a good mentality, though, man. One more, one more. That's good, bro. Yeah, you got. You have to have something to shoot for. You know, if you don't say that, then you know you're okay with just one. Right. I've never been okay with just being okay. <laughs> I don't think any of us have. We've all had chips on our shoulders. We're all never. Right. That's why we all butted heads too so much. We all felt like, oh, fucking, I'm the shit. Yeah. You're the shit. You know, like it's, it's cool. It's a real ego thing. Yeah, and it's okay. You need to have a little bit of edge to you sometimes. Yeah, no, I believe your ego is definitely important. I'm, right. I can mismanage a lot of your life, but right to keep it in check and to use it like as your power to harness that energy to because when you work with ego shit can be fierce you can be relentless you can be spiteful you can be <laughs> you know what i mean like it can be, it's powerful yeah yeah it's powerful dude. fucking energy fucking magician you gotta mix it up with a little heart and then you're, you're unstoppable ego versus heart yeah if you leave with your heart for the most part people are, are are pretty good pretty receptive just to anything de-escalations right <laughs> i work in customer service just be nice. I prefer just be nice. You don't get yelled at. Sometimes. Sometimes people just have issues. I, deal with, I think I deal with a lot of drunks at work. Yes. Like, for real. That's probably why you're so patient with them. You've, you've been down that road before. We both have. Yeah. No, I used to work with kids, too, so that was that's why I definitely learned my patience. Right. You know, everybody has a rough day. It's no big deal. No big deal. I don't know how you do it, man. I don't know how you do the customer service thing, bro. <laughs> I give you props, man. That's a that's a mental game for the most part, all day long, and you're on the clock. I like, dude. The pandemics happen, and people that have been doing customer service have really been able to shine and do their thing, and deserve they deserve their props too, man. Because when I want to go to you know go cop something at the store, I actually look at them customer service folks like yo you could either be happy or miserable here but i know you're dealing with people and i and i fucking hate dealing with different personalities and manipulation and and arrogance and whatever ugly traits people have i hate that shit that's why that's why i like to fucking do wildland firefighting because i can go fucking sit next to a tree and go watch a fire yeah so dude like a honestly it sounds nice but good, good dude Big ups on you, dude. It's like being a waiter. That's that shit is no joke. That's all a mental game to me. I think that I l- shit. I like to 
you know, navigate. I like yeah. to navigate with during with my conversation. People who are mean, sometimes I'd be nicer. I'd see if I can break that wall down. Why? Because I'm yeah. fucking psychotic. I don't yeah. know. I think I can fucking talk to everybody. Dissect them. Yeah. I, I okay. Honestly, there's a lot of people who... Uh, I've worked with people and worked around people so much that you can kind of get vibes pretty easy, you know, I if you pay attention to it, it, like body language, like who's right. a good person, who's not a good person. I have, I'm a, and I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of it already. Right. I'll judge the shit out of you. Shit, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you're, a, you're a para, dude. You with what your uncle and your pops do, you've kind of got, you've kind of got that street smarts to you also. I I uh, I fucking hope so. I yeah. fucking was a part of them for a while. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I I like I said, Greenfield is on. It's a hood. It's one hood. You know, it's a couple yeah. hoods, and what everybody knows everybody, and everybody. You grow up with these, you know, like with these so-called. I'm, I'm not. We just grow up with people who associate themselves in other ventures in life, and you know, they're a little rougher around the edges, and they're people you grew up with, and so like this lifestyle, these. Not saying that I'm not talking about my my family right now, right. but just people that we have encountered in life, our acquaintances, good friends. Uh, you know, they live life on the edge. They live life risking it. You know, risking it all, and it's it's nothing new to us. It's not something that is alarming. It's kind of fucked up, but it's not. You know, right. to be able to understand where people can go in life, like to be able to like navigate the streets and then to navigate within like a professional setting right. i think that's a fucking skill you gotta you know and i yeah. and i love that i i have it yeah absolutely dude i can't do what you do <laughs> i couldn't do what you do yeah. you know that's why we're all you know we all are, have our own walks of life yeah bro mm-hmm. shit um just a couple more things man. i feel like just uh just the way this all worked out um, getting back to kind of trusting the process and laying a brick every day. I was telling Tim before he came, like I was, I was kind of dealing with the you know mental shit. I was trying to hit up people, and you know, nothing was happening. And then Tim texts me out of nowhere. He's like, "Hey man, I'm in PG visiting family. Uh, you want to record and sit down?" And I was just that sparked. Uh, domino effect with the podcast I dropped yesterday with Anthony that started that I was like you know no we got to do this we've been sitting on this let's fucking get it rolling and now we're sitting here and uh, that prompted a text to go out to me and uh, my good friend Josh who you can follow on Instagram trials.comics ah fuck I forget it sorry Josh I'll uh, I'll leave your link in the podcast but uh, him and my boy Trey we're going to do like a little 420 Nice. 420 episode because uh, some folks that I work with and there are some smokers and I was thinking <laughs> like we should do that you know but getting back to my point sometimes points are not so direct you know what I mean they're a little indirect but the whole process of it all I was feeling fucking like what the fuck am I doing this for to be completely honest with you <laughs> Tim texted yeah. me Starts this whole domino effect, and it's all positive. Nice. You know, just trust the process. When you're in the darkest times, when you're in, feel like giving up. When I have a room that I have a fucking podcast in now, I used to just do this shit off the side of my bed in my, in, you know, in my bedroom, and I would make sure I had it all fucking, you know. And I, I didn't even come in here for like the first two three weeks. You know, yesterday was the first recorded podcast. 
what the fuck yeah what am i waiting on yeah you know what i mean so thank you for that push bro yeah dude. thank you for getting me over that over that hump and lighting that flame again and i'm always talking about it i'm always they're like fucking julio what's the fuck's wrong with you you're always depressed you're always sad oh, fuck you you're sad too pussy you just don't want to look at it right you know what i mean i just like yeah. to like you say you have to embrace the suck you have to embrace the feel bro. sometimes it takes a little longer than other times but here we are strong and i know i'm cussing at you guys but don't take it personal okay i don't mean it directly no bro unless podcast unless you deserve it dude then then fuck you bro <laughs> Honestly, dude, I was feeling like shit too. I was, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going through a little bit of ups and downs in life, and, uh, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a, uh, let's say, four or five day IPA drinking stunt. You know, they get a little addicting. And I, I woke up yesterday morning, and I was like, it's time to get the ball on. It's time to get the show on the road. It's time to. It's time to the get serious it's time to move and get going and get progressive and i was like i need to get home this vacation was cool you know going to vegas and running my marathon and then visiting my siblings in pacific grove and i had my fun and let loose but then i woke up yesterday morning and i was like All right, what am i gonna do i gotta get back on schedule fire season's gonna start and i was like what do i do because i'm not going straight home and i was thinking i'm gonna fucking hit up julio Cause I can fucking, because, dude, I, I honestly seeing you, bro, is like a fucking pep talk, dude. You know, we all go through shit, but I, it's like a fucking pep talk, dude. Yeah. So, you, you know, in your head, you might be feeling like you're going through some shit, but you're 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 fucking helping somebody else too. So I pre- appreciate that. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate you. It's a. Uh, so we do it for man. It's it's getting past your feelings. It's getting past what you're dealing with. You know, obviously deal with yeah. it, but it's it's bigger than us. It's bigger than me. The work that you do is bigger than you. Yep. And you've accepted that. And this may not be the same line of work, but it's bigger than me. You know what I mean? And stay consistent. Stay sharp. Stay fucking committed. Stay disciplined. You know, just don't forget your path. Don't forget your journey. Again, Amen. I want to thank you, Tim, for joining me here. Sitting down, taking your time out of your life, out of what you got going on. Um, I wish you nothing but the best in your fire season and all everything that you work for the next couple years. Um, I believe that are obtainable for you if you just stay on track. For real, brother. I love you with all my heart. I'm mm-hmm. glad that I have you as a friend. Fuck yeah, bro. I second that. Likewise, dude. So, wherever you're at today, fucking be grateful. Thank you for joining us here at the Full Circle Mentality Podcast. We will catch you next time. Spread the peace and the love. We're out. Peace.